Hello and welcome to today's Dell Technologies podcast, where we'll look at the challenges created by today's artificial intelligence and machine learning workloads. Specifically, we'll look at their infrastructure and storage requirements and the solutions Dell Technologies offers to ensure data scientists can gain maximum advantage of the AI resources at their disposal. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm a longtime tech journalist and regular TV and radio presenter. Enlightening us today about the infrastructure and storage needs of AI workloads is Aruna Kuluru. She's Chief Technologist AI at Dell Technologies, and she's based in Sydney. Outside of her AI-filled world at work, Aruna lives and breathes the stuff. She's so passionate about AI. She's a member of the NAIC Think Tank. That's the National AI Centre, for those that may not know. And their aim is to really unlock Australia's AI opportunity with the development of practical guidance and frameworks to support Australian businesses in their AI implementation journey. I'm sure as we get into our discussion, you'll hear that passion coming through. Before we start, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of our country and acknowledge their continuing connection to land, water and community. We acknowledge the culture, the history and the languages of our First Nation peoples and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. So let's dive straight into it, Aruna. What do you see as being the main applications today that are driving the increased deployment of AI workloads? Yeah, customer experience is really boosting that AI adoption, right? Whether it's in retail or banking or any other industry, even if you think about hospitals, patients are their customers, right? Everyone is trying to provide that experience to the customers because everyone is expecting that experience today, right? Um, so, and, and they have to go on and on with that. Like in future generations, if you think about the next generation, they'll be the generation who are completely tech savvy, not just expecting the um, customer experience, but demanding that customer experience, and they'll have the deepest pockets. So it's important for them to start today to collect the data about people so that they can give that experience. And that's where um, everyone started off and adoption is also, uh, it's also driving adoption. The second application I would say is fraud detection or security. Um, most banking sectors or any other um, sector, like they're using fraud detection or even cybersecurity solutions where AI can provide the best of the solution because it actually analyzes a lot of data points and it can predict, not just stop it, but it's also good predicting so they can make these measures to stop things happening. So um, yeah, these are the two applications I think are driving the largest adoption for AI. Every workload requires processing power and storage. Can you tell me what the main requirements for AI workloads are that set them apart from those of more traditional workloads? Sure. AI and deep learning really feeds on data. So when we think about how we need to get the infrastructure for AI workloads, you need to think about how you tackle the data, right? The large amounts of data, how you're actually storing it. And when you're really running those deep learning or AI algorithms, they can run parallelly. And you need to do a lot of matrix multiplications and floating point calculations, which is very close to how it happens in the graphics, whether it's 
um, pixel shading or things like that. And that's the reason GPUs have started, uh, like people started using GPUs for deep learning. And then um, once we have this, but but now we actually have specific AI um, GPUs, which can actually do some very, very uh, important things, which, which deep learning requires, the parallel matrix calculations or floating point calculations. And at the same time, to really handle this kind of calculations, the storage should be able to give you that IO, right? It should be able to pick it from that storage very quickly. And that again, these are the two considerations you need to think about. The storage, where you store the data, the large amounts of data which can be made which can make itself available for analysis and the compute which can run through these algorithms and find that patterns. Can you give me a sense of how mature AI users are in terms of their hardware resources? So when you think about AI resources, um, there, there are different roles within data science. Uh, most often when people think talk about AI resources, they are the data scientists. Data scientists are software people they know very, very little about the infrastructure, right? I come from a software background as well. I was doing only software. Until I joined uh, Dell Technologies, I didn't realize the importance of infrastructure. I was trying to tweak and tune and do everything from the software side. When I came here, I really opened up my eyes about how much we can offload to the infrastructure. There's a good part we can do in the software and there's a good part we can do in the infrastructure and it's a good combination of both which gives you the optimal solution and uh, i think that's what is lacking most that's the reason most often they go to what's the easiest accessible solution rather than what's the most optimal solution what about standards for ai or ml applications are there any do you need do you see a need for those when we think about standards, there are two different kinds of standards I'm thinking of, right? One is um, the ethical standards. How do we really, uh, can we do this with AI or not? There are not too many regulations around it at this point, but there's a lot of upcoming um, organizations coming up with frameworks to really fall into that ethical or responsible AI framework. The second part of it is actually how you build them, right? Uh, even in that case, there are not too many standards the whole AI ecosystem is too large and there are no standards. That makes it a bit more complex. And I think, yes, eventually, at some point, we'll get to those standards. It's still evolving. Hardware, ideally, needs to be optimal for the applications it supports. There are many different AI applications. Can you give me some idea of how I should go about determining the optimal processing and storage infrastructure for an AI application? When you think about... Uh, uh, let's start with storage, right? When you think about storage, you you are storing all the data we are generating, whether it's structured data, unstructured data, semi-structured data. And you need to think about a platform where you don't need to move your data because now we have petabytes of unstructured information. Traditionally, with terabytes of structured information, data migration projects took months to years. Now, with so many petabytes of unstructured information, it'll take forever and it'll really slow down that innovation cycle. So it's very important to think about an adaptable platform which can hold all your data and lets you analyze with the technology as it changes, right? Adaptable to the technology changes. So I think that's one, one of the most important one. The second important bit about the 
compute platform now we see a lot of the solutions point solutions coming up at the edge right uh, if you think of a retail store or a bank or anywhere we have this face recognition solution we have a pay, people counting solution we have different kinds of solutions which um, organizations are adopting and few years down the line we'll end up with silos of these solutions it'll be hard to manage a farm of these solutions so it's very important to think about how you create a platform in the data center so you can train any of these models ai or deep learning models because they they there's heaps of possibility the number of use cases can just go into hundreds and thousands so you need to build a platform which is adaptable and scalable and even at the edge you need to build a platform so you can deploy multiple of these solutions as you, as and when you need more I understand that apart from the many applications of AI and machine learning, they're being used to help improve and streamline their own development and deployment. I'm talking about AI ops and ML ops. Can you explain just what these do and what is the difference between them? Sure. AI ops is all about um, using technology to help IT operations, right? Whether to predict when a server might fail or to see the capacity um, of a server or a compute or even storage, how, how do you project the usage of that? Or really giving those tools to the IT people to make it easier by predicting and analyzing the data which comes out of these servers, um, the log files and everything, and also the past um, capacity. Whereas MLOps is very different. It's more of how when you build a data science model deep learning model or a machine learning model, how do you take it to production? Most often it is so hard because I develop everything on my machine and it's the most common thing, um, whether it's for developers or data scientists, it works on my machine, right? When we put it into deployment, it really goes haywire because the whole ecosystem is complex. As I said, there are too many components. It, it's hard to get um, to the production with the same kind of versions and compatibility and everything. So MLOps helps you package everything and build that pipeline so you can take that pipeline to the edge or wherever you're deploying the model. Aruna, what is Dell doing to support users of AI and ML? What AI ops and ML ops tools does Dell offer? So from Dell perspective, we offer um, the storage platform I spoke about earlier, the adaptable storage platform which can store any kind of your data and make your data available for analysis with any kind of technology, which, is, which I think is the critical part for any data science project or even beginning with a data science project. And then we provide the compute platforms uh, to train the machine learning models with very high performance um, with large data sets and um, very complex algorithms. And also the edge platforms where whether when I say edge, it can be on the road or a farm or anywhere in a ruggedized condition. If you want to deploy that, you can also deploy that. And from an AI ops perspective, we have something called Cloud, cloud IQ, which can collect all the data from the infrastructure, Dell infrastructure, and show you on a single pane of uh, glass about everything happening in the infrastructure space, right? So you can actually see um, if a server might fail, right? The, the, from the log files. And you can also extend that with some kind of thermal cameras to see if the server is heating up. And from a MLOps perspective, we do have 
a lot of partnerships. Um, we work with Coopflow, which is an open source tool for MLOps. And also there's something called Converge IO, where you can port all the work you have done in the data center or uh, in your own solution into a production environment. We hear a lot these days about edge computing. In fact, I've done a few podcasts with your Dell colleagues in the past on that very subject. It's the need to have processing power near where data is being generated and where it is used. Many AI applications are required to analyze large amounts of data and deliver results in near real time. So how do AI applications make use of edge computing and how is edge computing evolving to meet the needs of AI? And can you give us some examples? Yeah, um, it's actually a great question the value of data decreases with time. So let's start with an example, right? We work uh, very closely with McLaren. So when they're racing, there are about 300 sensors on each of those race cars, and the information is actually collected from them. Once the information is collected, the data is analyzed, and it's sent to the race engineer. So the race engineer can instruct the driver on what to do. You can think of the latency requirement for that. And it's less than 22 milliseconds. It's a fraction of a second. And if you have to do it on a centralized data center or a cloud, the latency will not be enough. So there is an edge data center, which they carry around wherever they race. And it's completely delgare. And it can be monitored from a centralized location or maintained from a centralized location. So I think that gives you the um, that, that gives you the idea of how edge solutions need to be in real time, right? There are many others. Um, other example would be Duos Technologies. They actually are, um, again, Dell partners with Duos Technologies for the solution. They, they actually see or um, maintain the rail cars. For a human to go and check each rail car, it takes about seven minutes with a chalk and a torch and they inspect everything like brakes and everything within the rail car. But they build something called this um, rail car inspection portals, which are like arches around the track. And there are multiple cameras on there. It collects a lot of data. And while the trail train is actually passing through, it collects all this data and analyzes everything again in real time. And this, you can imagine, it is actually in the uh, near the tracks. The edge data center is closer to the tracks. It processes everything. It checks all the defects and also sends an alert to the service people. So by the train, by the time the train reaches there, they are ready with um, all the parts to fix it. Again, this is also real time. And um, uh, just coming back to home, right? Like we're here in um, Australia. Recently, we, we worked with um, Citizens of Great Barrier Reef. So Citizens of Great Barrier Reef has come up with this awesome idea of how do we actually maximize the conservation efforts, democratizing with all the citizens. So they wanted to collect all the images of uh, the pictures people are taking in the Great Barrier Reef. So when they go down, when tourists go down and take pictures, they're able to upload the images and the Great Barrier Reef, uh, citizens of Great Barrier Reef actually can collect all these images for analysis. The first phase of it was actually, how do we collect them, right? Uh, if you go to Great Barrier Reef as a tourist, you can upload them. But by the time you come out, you go to a coffee shop, you forget everything and you might not even upload it. So 
we wanted to put that in the edge, right, in, on the boats. Now we have Dell Edge Gateways on the boats. So while you're coming back, you can upload those images. And we went, we took it to the next level of how do we get citizens to identify different corals within those images, right? Um, so citizen, we, we were helping citizens to build an AI model which can segment the whole image to identify five different corals. And um, so the end user doesn't need to go and draw a boundary around each coral, but they can actually select each one and then say this is the plating coral or a branching coral. So that really improves the experience as well. So the multiple of these edge use cases, I really am fascinated with what's possible with this. What are some of the particular challenges in taking an AI application from a prototype to full-scale deployment? Yeah, the multiple um, challenges, right? The first thing, uh, when you think about how data scientists are building these solutions, they just um, started about started start it on a cloud or they do it on their laptops or desktops, wherever, they actually pick up a small data set. They use, again, I, I keep repeating this, AI ecosystem is very complex, right? There are multiple frameworks, tools, and libraries which come together to build a solution. And I build everything with my own libraries and everything. Uh, and first thing is, there are no standards. So I might build using some frameworks, you might build with using some other frameworks. And it's hard to integrate them. Right, to, to, we can't even take it to production. The second part of it is actually we need to have an executive um, executive presence in the in building the problem statement. I've seen uh, some data scientists actually running through these algorithms and uh, running through this data with multiple complex algorithms and finding anomalies. But the whole anomaly or like the outcome from that data science project is not viable commercially. Right? There's no commercial value for it. So that's another one. The third one is, again, coming back to your question earlier, lack of standards. Right, So everyone builds their own. It's hard. And to even take the pipeline of what they've built at the edge into production gets harder. These are just a few. Right, um, Again, this is once you build a model uh, in, in your environment, how do we scale it? These are a few of the challenges, but there are many, many others. We can just go on and on. Lastly, Aruna, what's something you'd really like listeners to take away from today's discussion? Uh, from today's discussion, I think uh, our first thing is the data, right? The whole world is revolving around the data today. So it's important to build an adaptable data platform, right? Think about how you're building that platform. Think about how you're collecting your data. Think about how you're cleaning your data. So the data side of things is very, very important. And the second part, when you really come to um, building a data science model, think about the problem which you're solving, right? It all starts with a problem. If you don't have a problem, you'll you'll not really get any value out of data science projects or your data. So it, it's always important to think about the problem first and get the executive buy-in for that problem and start working on with the other parts, right? Do we have data for that? And then build a model. Well, that's a wrap. That's all the time we have for today. A special thanks to Aruna for joining me today. Please visit dell.com.au forward slash solutions to learn more about Dell AI and ML workloads, as well as a range of infrastructure, industry, and workforce solutions. On our Podbean page, we also have an AI resource hub on the right side of the page with some handy information there as well. Thanks again for listening. Goodbye and have a great day. 